G'day everyone, welcome to the Talking Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. And today we continue our discussions around this thing called leadership and in particular communication and ability to communicate in that context. And so my guest today is the Director and Consultant at Jarrett Greats Media. Can I welcome to the podcast, Jarrett Greats? How are you, mate? Hello, good to uh, be with you today. I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to chat with me, mate. So look, before we get into the, the themes and the questions and, and the deep dive into the topic area, a little bit about yourself. How did you, did you get to work in the, in the media landscape and why? Yeah, great. So I, um, I'm 43. I had my 43rd birthday last week and I started in radio when I was 17. So uh, I've pretty much worked in this industry for my whole career. I was living in country New South Wales at the time and uh, I was in my year 12 year and I called the local radio station up and spoke to the guy that was on the night show and said, the guy that you just replaced used to have this internet show on, on, the, on the station on a Friday night. And he said, oh, yeah. I said, are you going to do it? And he said, do you want to run it for me? And I said, sure. He said, great. That's that's honestly my start into radio. So I, I did this six-month voluntary gig at, at this radio station in Albury. And uh, and ever since then, I've, I've worked through the industry. You can probably tell by my voice, I've worked on the radio. But for the last uh, 12 years or so, I've been the CEO and or senior leader at Positive Media in Melbourne, um, home of 89.9 The Light and a couple other radio stations, the most listened to Christian uh, radio stations uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. But uh, being the CEO, obviously, I've been in that space of, uh, of leadership, um, leading vision and mission and, and all of those things and, and casting a picture for the future. Um, so it was really great to be able to go through the ranks from, from honestly, uh, one of the smallest job in a radio station to I think I've done almost every job in a station except for sales. Um, it's not one of my passions. I think I could probably do it okay, but uh, yeah, outside of that, I've, I've made my way all the way up to up to leadership and um, and absolutely love it. Thanks for that, mate. It, it brings a, an interesting perspective to this conversation because having come up through the ranks and, and paid your dues and made your mistakes and sort of moved from one level to the next, and I'm sure that wasn't a, uh, a purely um, uneventful track i'm sure there were some good times and some and some ba- a few barriers along the way which we all have in a career so this is going to get very interesting so let's let's go to this first topic area if we could jared communication is important obviously but in a leader context give me your sense of the good the bad and the ugly when we talk about communication when it comes to leadership don't i don't need specifics in terms of an individual that you might want to take apart in the discussion but just in broad terms what what's good and bad and not so great that might need some work in terms of that, that communications. What is communication when it comes down to it? Communication is, is sharing an idea so that people can grab a hold of it, in my opinion, in leadership, right? So if you've got an idea as a leader and you don't know how to communicate it, how on earth are you going to get followers? The flip side is true, and that is if you've got a great idea and you have got the art of being able to communicate, paint a picture, help people understand and bring them on a journey, then that's where communication will turn an idea from something on paper through to a reality. And it will take you from a leader of leading yourself to leading others. So I think I think that's what communication is. I think that's what ultimately, you know, how it's used as a leader. So I guess the answer to your question, if I was going to go really simplistic, the good is being able to do that really well. The bad is not doing that at all. And the ugly is forgetting that you need to communicate at all and expecting that people understand what's in your head. 
it's really simple. Hey, I work in radio. I'm used to giving answers in about a 30 second in spot, right? So there it is in its simplicity, but I'm happy to delve into any and all of those. My argument's always been, and happy to be um, quizzed on this on your end, mate. So this, this is going to get um, very interesting. For me, foresight and strategic thinking are critical leader capabilities. I'm not saying they're the only ones, but if you can't see a pathway forward and you don't know how to set up the the resources and marshal the people to get to that end point, you're not going to be as effective leader as you could be now. That said, if you can't communicate your intent, if you can't communicate what needs to be done and you can't sell through your, your ability to communicate the message that you need to get your followers, your team to get to that end point, it all comes apart. And based on a lot of research myself but what i'm hearing from experts like yourself and others that have got a lot lot more skin in the game than i do when it comes to leadership roles that they all i think work in concert so my question to you would be do you think good communications is a fundamental leadership skill from your experience whether it is a fundamental leadership skill or it should be a fundamental leadership skill, I think the answer to those two questions is is different. I don't think it is natural and I don't think it is for many, many people, but I think it's something that can be learned and something that should be there. I mean, you touched on it a minute ago. If you've, if you've got a vision and you can't communicate it, well, then what have you got? You've, you've, you've got nothing. Really, I don't think communication is the most important thing, but I think it's a tool that is needed. So it's kind of like the glue in the middle. You know, I was just thinking about it in, while you were asking that question uh, in terms of if I've got a vision and I don't know how to communicate it, then at least I've got a vision and I know the direction I'm going. But if, I, if I'm a good communicator and I don't have a vision, most people will be sitting there going, what, what are we doing or why are we doing it? And I think it comes back to, have you seen that Simon Sinek video, the TED Talk about what and why in communication? So in that space, he talks about, we quite often will talk about what we're doing and what we're doing and what we're doing rather than why we do it. And I think for me and my leadership style is I've got this in eight passion and questioning that I have to ground what I'm doing, whether it's me or I'm listening to somebody else, I'm going, but why? If I can answer the why question, I can then get on board. And so the reverse of that's true. If I'm a leader and I have and been able to get people to understand the why, I can't expect them to follow me. They might be excited about the what, but they, they need to know why it is important, the work that they're doing. Why do I get out of bed every day? If that's just to make money, then that's great. Get there and make money. But I can guarantee you'll find a, a, an organization with people full of, I'm just here to make money as a culture that's not connected, probably you know, disenfranchised and not really behind the leader. They're there for the wrong reasons. They're there just to make money. But even in the, in the darkest, deepest places where it is just about making money, if that making money reason is tied up into, but why? This is important because it's helping our clients do this, or it's, this product is actually help, helping people in this regard, then I think, okay, well, you're actually not here about making money. That might be something that, that's personally driving to you, but you would have left a long time ago if it wasn't connected to this bigger thing of the why. So I guess if I was to give you a real short answer on that, communication is the second step for me. The first step is actually having a great vision and understanding the direction you're going. Communication is how to communicate that, particularly if you're a leader 
as an organization from an organization perspective but i think this plays out no matter which area you work in inside an organization if you're a team leader you you're you're there you might not have come up with the overall why of the company but your job is still to communicate that overall why to help your followers understand what they're there to do regardless of whether you agree with it or not regardless whether they agree with it or not that is not up for grabs that's the direction that other people have made but your job as leader of you know, this this team is to go, okay, this is what we're here for. This is why we do it. And this is how we're going to do it together. And so I think it's the role of the leader is to help, help bring that glue together, that clarity between the vision and mission and overall goals and strategies communicated in something clear and meaningful to be able to help the followers get it, the teammates get it so that they can all work in that same direction. Let me ask you this, because again, sounds like your experience come from the, the I'm, ranks. I'm no uh, expert. No, no, I'm that's no okay. That, that's okay. I, 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 so that just just for clarity of the listeners, why I talk to a range of different people, Jared, is you all bring an experience that I don't have, and what I'm trying to do with the discussion is to get people to learn something from you. And I've already got a few things in my head that I hadn't thought about. I like I like the term communication is the glue that potentially binds together those other skill sets. And I I think it permeates everything that you do as a leader, because you're always talking to people, you're always communicating in one way or another, and not just communicating at people, but the, the critical issue about listening to information flows as they come back from others, that ability to be able to listen and understand what others are telling you, I think is sometimes overlooked in core leader practice. So as much as you can be directive, you also need to maybe stop occasionally and listen to what your team is telling you, because I'm convinced that no one human being ever has had the capacity to know every damn thing. Otherwise you wouldn't need to have an organization. You just do it yourself, which is why you, you hopefully surround yourself with the people that can deliver. So do you have a person, persons that you believe are exceptional communicators is someone that stands out in your mind that they've got the whole package down when it comes to communicating with others let me um let me give you the answer to that in two secs i just want to pick up on something you just said everything i've said so far is one-way communication but the the second part of that is actually it's two-way communication so once you've got a vision you're able to communicate it it's actually then being able to get into a two-way conversation whether that's in a group setting or whether that's in an individual and it's an absolutely important part of the mix Communication isn't just about, well, you're doing what I'm telling you to do and here's why you should care about it. It's actually about, you know, listening. That word listening is a key skill of communication. Listening and monitoring and and sensing what's actually going on to be able to to tweak or or, or get a message uh, in in a way that can be understood. Because you know that old saying, say it it a hundred times and then by about the hundred and first, they've got it. It's so true in leadership. We think as soon as I speak that you've got what, what I understand. You, you probably don't. I'm coming in with something assumed that you understand what I'm saying. But if I drop a word in there that you don't know what that means, you don't listen to anything else because you're going, what did that word actually mean? I assume that you know it. You know, I'm just using that as an example. But in the end, unless I stop and listen and give the opportunity for you to go, do you understand what I'm saying? No, I'm actually stuck on what that word was. Oh, okay. Well, let me let me have another crack at it. Oh, is that what it is? Right. So I think that's a really important part 
of it. So now to answer your question, who do I see as a really great communicator? He's no longer around, sadly, but I really loved listening to Steve Jobs when he presented, Steve Jobs from Apple, when he presented the new product, the new iPhone, the new computer. Now, uh, there's many, many articles written about his leadership sometimes being a bit rough and abrasive and direct and offensive. Um, so I'm not going for those traits in why I like Steve, although he, he was a genius and sometimes you get geniuses who are a little bit on that, on, on that abrasive side. But I always just loved, I loved the passion. I loved listening to him. I loved his philosophies um, in how he did business and how he presented on stage what was going on. He was probably not the most overtly extroverted guy as a, as a presenter, but there was something captivating about him. You would, you would watch his body language. You know, he would be in the most unassuming black clothes. He would be walking along stage gently, not, not strutting, not chest beating or anything like that. He would bring himself to you, to your level, and be able to, to communicate in a way that was really clear and made me really care. I think it's why Apple is probably the most successful tech company in the world, because what they did was they put their people first, they put their products first, they put profits last. They knew if they could get the, the right product with the right person, that the profits would come down the back. And so with that as their mindset, with that as their motto, and with that as Steve's demeanor, I think that came across every time you heard him speak. It was, I'm not trying to sell you on something. Uh, we've gone to research. We know what, what you need before you need it. It's this thing called an iPhone. And we're all going, I don't even understand, right? Why do I want the internet on my phone? Like I'm, I'm used to this 56K dial-up modem. That's what it was at the time. I can't even imagine it having, having on my phone, but Steve would be there and he would sell you on something that, um, that in time has changed the world. So I think he's a good example of someone who had a vision, someone who understood the direction that he wanted to go. He was also one of those people that let you jump on to that to that bus or jump off the bus. He was never saying the whole world should look after Apple. That wasn't what he was about. But he then was able to communicate it in such a way that made him magnetic, made him interesting. There was this element of intrigue. You know, he was turned into a little bit of a, a god with a lowercase g, like, whoa, my goodness. You know, it was almost like, yeah, we'll worship you, Steve. There was something with his style. And so he's probably the person that I would put up, put up there from a communication perspective um, as a really great leader. Not knowing the man and not wanting to uh, say anything negative about him, given the fact that he's no longer with us. What my memory of him when he was presenting and talking was you could tell even if he didn't understand everything he was saying, that he was intimately familiar with what he was talking about. He had a passion for what he what, what he wanted to tell you. And then the delivery wasn't, like you said, chest beating, big fanfare. It was this, this is how our product or products are going to connect with where I see the future going. And this, I always come back to this in my thinking that this is a bloke that if I had to do a study on him, where he's still around about his foresight and how he sees the future, you know, being able to see lots of different possible futures, we can all do that. Being able to get at the one that's the most attainable, realizable out of that, there's an art form in that. And then being able to communicate that to others and get them as passionate about that as yourself is there's an art form to it. That's why I personally, I believe if, if leadership is an ongoing lifelong endeavor, which I, I truly believe that it is, 
some of us are really good at it and some of us it will be an, an ongoing, wouldn't say struggle, but an ongoing piece of work because leadership isn't just in the work context. You, you can lead in many different ways, in many different social settings that have nothing to do with work. And in all of those settings, there is the need to be able to communicate what the hell it is you're trying to do to one degree or another. Uh, and I, I found in my own travels, mate, that the best not necessarily the most technically competent, but the best leaders I've worked for have had the, the ability to talk well. And you made me think of something before in, in partially your response back to one of my first managers. And when you said you can't expect someone to know what you want straight away, she would encourage me to ask questions and ask questions and ask questions. And I didn't think of it at the time, but now I think she was doing it to get me to understand that uh, she gets it, that if I didn't get it the first time, that I'm going to be constantly clarifying and that's a good thing because it helps me to learn. And there are good people like that on the come up, I have to say. If you're listening, Nat, thank you for that. Uh, and I'm, I know that she does follow the podcast. So thank you for your help with that. It only took me 20 years to realize what you were doing, but you know, I got there eventually. So Jared, roadblocks to communication. This, this one I'm interested in because, all right, we, we can talk about what, what makes for good communication, why we need to do it. But what do you see are the roadblocks out there, particularly when we're talking about leader communication? Busyness, time, complacency, not being sold on the overall idea yourself, thinking that you're good, good at it when you're not, not stopping to take feedback. Uh, so I think, I think, you know, I've just rattled off a number of different things there, but, but ultimately I think it's, it's not just one thing. There's, there's multiple little things in a situation and, you know, I've seen some really great leaders and they communicate on a regular basis. I'm talking twice a day with their whole team. They pull them together. There's a guy that I'm thinking of in particular, he was a sales manager that I worked with. He'd pull the guy, the guys in, in the morning at nine o'clock, he'd pull them in again at four o'clock and they would talk, they would, they would listen to each other they would uh, it was a it was a christian group they would pray with each other and so you know just getting them together forced them to be better communicators uh, i've seen other managers who don't speak to their teams together apart from maybe once a once a week or even worse once a month and so therefore the type of communication is 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 very broken or it might be a bit more one-on-one but you know it's like i've got my own things to do i'm, I'm too busy today let's just do that once a month you know forgetting that it's actually such an important art to get people on the journey. So yeah, I, I think it can be any and all of those. I think stress and pressure can can put on, if communication is not a skill that's in your armory, time and pressure can just put a whole bunch of pressure on you, which, which pushes communication to the back burner, particularly if you're a task-based person. But I think you've got to also consider that there's different types of people too. There's multiple psychometric tools which will tell you that you know you know you're one of nine different personalities and 40 different two different types of personality some traits and all of that um some people are natural born communicators and they will focus on relationship first and foremost and others will focus on task first and foremost and so it's understanding where your bent is that is going to help your team and then once you understand am i people based or am i task based then it's understanding where my people are um, I, I, I'm naturally task-based, so communication outside of working in, in a media that I've learnt, <laughs> a medium that I've learnt communication in, was not something that was natural to me because it was all about just getting the task done. But I had a, a, a guy working with me once, and he's a relational. And he said to me once, he said, Jared, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really, really listen to anything 
that you've said unless I feel safe with you first. And it was a real interesting moment for me. It's like, really? I just want to get through the 20 things that we got on our task list. And if we get through them, I'll consider this meeting a success. But he was going, I don't care about the 20 things. I care about, do you do you make me feel loved and respected and appreciated today? And do I feel safe with you? It was like, wow, I'd never thought about it. So I, I tweaked and changed my communication style with him. So for the first five minutes of a conversation, it was actually just about him. How are you? Where are you at? And more importantly, allowing him to ask me questions so he could gain where I was at. Then we would get those 20 things knocked off within the hour. It's just, it was a different style. And so I think you've got to understand the types of people you're working with as well to understand the types of communication that is going to work. And there's not just one communication style. There's many different types of communication styles. I had another leader that worked with me and, and, and uh, they wanted to write everything down. It drove me nuts because I'm going, can you just look at me? Give me eye contact. But that person's communication style was, I don't, input it into my brain it doesn't stick until I've grabbed a pen written it into a notebook seen it in writing and then and then coming to my brain it was a good learning for me that there's different types of people with different learning skills and some that I, I was getting the best out of them by giving them the time and space to write these things down so again it's understanding your people and I'm a very big person on what type of pe- people uh, am I working with and what, what personality and what, what are their bents? And if I can understand those, I can then personalize my communication for them, which helps them understand, which helps them do their job better, which helps us all get better response in a work perspective. That made me think of a, a previous CEO I used to work for, lovely guy. And every time we would talk or we would go to meetings, there'd be the you know, the, the $1 notepad that you'd get at the um, post office or the, the local news agency, he'd have his blue pen and he'd just write copious amounts of notes, but was an awesome talker. Like you could talk under concrete. And for years I saw him do this and I'm thinking, is this what good being a good leader is having that white paper there and, and writing everything down. And I never actually asked him why he did it, but the occasion when he said, just go through my notes to see that meeting, because he'd write the date down and who he was talking to. And I think it was a tool to prompt his memory, but also that if he ever had to come back to it, he could say, I remember that conversation and Joe Bloggs, you said this and I said this. And I'm like, this he's the kind of guy, and I haven't seen him for a few years, but I reckon he would record things on a on an iPad or something else just so that his memory could be triggered because maybe he's the kind of person that doesn't want to keep all that muck in his head. He'd rather keep it down on, on paper. Now, for me, that's the worst. I hate doing I hate writing when I'm talking to someone. And I think what I lose in that is sometimes you lose the detail of what you've been talking about if you haven't kept it all in your head. But I can't process talking and then have someone taking notes because you're like are you paying attention that am i saying something that's boring you like i i need the eye contact so <laughs> i think adapting to other people is is important whether you like their style or not it's it's something i think to keep in mind and i've seen that when it's gone very wrong too that when you purposely cho- choose not to understand how others around you operate in that way then the the dissonance that's created down the track can be significant that's why I think sometimes teams go to poo when you, you can't find ways to talk to each other that 
validate what the other person's hearing. You don't have to justify it, but you, you need to be able to understand what's being talked about. Because I'm going back to what something you said before, and it's got my got me thinking as well. Don't just presume because you said something that people on the receiving end understood what you've said. That's to do that, I think, is dangerous because then you walk away thinking, well, the team's understood that. Now we'll move on to something else, and maybe one or two of them haven't. Now, to assume otherwise, I think, is is uh, not great. But what are your thoughts on that? I think you've just summed it up. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I've, I've really got nothing to add. You, 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 you summarised it beautifully and perfectly. So, Jared, this this one, this next area, will will round off the conversation. I've, I've, I've appreciated what you've brought up here because there's some things that I hadn't thought about for a while which only makes me human. Uh, so I'll admit that to those that are following the podcast. But the impact of COVID now, do you think comms in that leadership space from your experience has changed? It's the same through COVID? Has, have you seen much of a change or is it still too early to tell? I think the answer to this is going to be different depending on which organisation you work with. If you were lucky enough to work in an organisation such as maybe a hospital during COVID where you still were working with your colleagues, I think that's going to be a slightly different answer to our organisation, which was a radio station. And we, uh, we were working online for two years. So remotely outside of the building. Now, if I go back to that hospital example, even if they were in person, I'm sure they changed their communication style as well because of the the crazy amount of extra work that they had to do to deal with this thing called a pandemic. Um, But for us, all of our tools that we had in our toolkit at a radio station, we had a monthly staff meeting, we'd get together, we'd do birthdays, uh, we'd have his, let's just get around the kitchen and welcome the new person here. It's a farewell, let's get to the kitchen and we'll give them a farewell. Let's go out for a lunch together. Let's get our teams together. Let's, you know, all of those forms of communication have disappeared. I hate Zoom. <laughs> That's that's my answer to COVID. Um, it's it's a wonderful piece of technology, but you know when you're spending eight hours a flipping day on Zoom, you had to change your communication style. But it, it, I found it way more draining because people could tell if you were disconnected in a conversation. Like if I was in somebody else's meeting, I still had to be on my game. If I was leading the meeting, I had to be on my game. Probably more so than you if you're in person because you're on display um, a little bit more than what's in the room. And so you, you you come into a Zoom meeting and you're you're missing the water cooler conversations first. And if the first person there might have shared a piece of cake with you previously, well, that doesn't go on. There might be a bit of small talk that goes on, but ultimately it's a very different form, very different form of communication. So for us, like many organizations, we weren't sure where the next dollar was going to come from. And so our communication was based really around the fact that we needed to communicate very clearly on the financial situation of the of of that organization at that time. And so we implemented weekly staff meetings rather than monthly staff meetings. Um, we implemented, you know, forms of coffee catch-ups where you brought your own coffee. We instituted forms of uh, Friday afternoon drinks where you brought your own drinks, right? And we had some games. So our communication had to completely change and adapt to, to the environment that it was in. And then to do it all online, again, you know, I, I, I do not, I, I don't look badly on that period of time. I don't ever wish it to happen again because I learned so much through it. But the thing I just walk away with the most out of that was you had to be a lot more intentional. 
you had to be deliberate, you had to be clearer, you had to be more concise because you know you might have had an hour long staff meeting, we cut them down to half an hour and I still think that was 10 minutes too long. You don't have a lot of time, you've got this attention span, you've got distractions. You know, we learned a lot through it. I just found it draining to be completely honest, but I think we did it better than in person. So, you know, next time I'm back in person with with a group of people, I'll take some of those lessons from the COVID era and go, okay, well, why do we need to have an hour long meeting? Why can't we keep this at 20 minutes? Because attention span is attention span. Doesn't matter if you're on Zoom or in person, right? (laughs) But we just think we're in person. We've got it scheduled for an hour. We should waffle for an hour. Well, you don't actually need to. If if what you've got to say goes for five minutes, leave the conversation. Bang, go and do something else. So I think COVID has presented some fantastic learning opportunities and yeah I think the people that were deliberate with their communication through COVID were the ones that succeeded in my experience that that's exactly how it played out. COVID has been a business by business uh, there's been some possibly unique impacts in some businesses and in others much the same so, so I've heard similar stories to the one you're relaying now and I get the feeling Correct me if I'm wrong, that you're very much a people person. You, you want to be around people rather than using Zoom. I'm the opposite. I I love my family. I love being around other human beings. Don't get me wrong. But if I have to do my work through Zoom or Teams or some other medium, I, I don't care. I just get it done. So long as I uh, there's a task or something for me to do from the conversation, if it's work-related. So a meeting for a meeting's sake, I think that's now gone out the window. I've heard that quite a bit too. But the element that's missing, and I, I haven't given this a lot of thought, but it's something I'm going to take away from our discussion, mate, is this idea of the water cooler chat, talking to people, those informal quick chats that you might have that were commonplace before what we're going through now. Those those things are, are bonding provide opportunities to bond with team members to get get some stuff um, out, out in the open before the meeting happens, maybe during the meeting. It's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And oh, as I've said before, I think there'll be people writing about this situation for decades to come, what, what the pandemic's done in terms of comms. And I think the conversation will, will continue because the, the idea of hybrid workplaces and, and working remotely and not having to be present in one spot, that, that's going to have implications for how we communicate eff- effectively, efficiently. And this idea of building camaraderie and building a, uh, a loyalty of your team to you and the team and back, does Zoom minimise that? Do, do, we, do people need to be with each other in a space? And I think I think that the, the 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 research on that I think is ongoing, and I think there'll be debates um, going forward about what what that looks like and what that means. So a lot of interesting stuff to come out of there, and can agree with everything you said about the use of technology. That there are people I'm, I'm meeting now that are so sick of Zoom type calls, whether it's Zoom or Teams, whatever it is. That the the feedback is 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 more that I'm hearing is oh why can't we do more face to face? And I think the world of work has now changed to a degree that we can't wind things back very easily. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is a bit industry specific. But to answer your question that you posed a moment ago, I'm I'm actually a task-based person more than a people-based person. But what COVID's showed me is you can do that for eight hours a day, but it just kills yourself if you've got no actual human connection. So I've, I've just enjoyed my human, the human contact since. Um, and I really like my computer time being my work time rather than my meeting time. 
I'd much prefer my meetings in person if I can do them because then you, you've got the best of both worlds, in, in my opinion. I, I don't think, you know, maybe we'll come back in a couple of years' time and we'll see if I'm right, but I don't think that we're going to move fully to a, uh, a working from home environment. And I know that there's some people saying that's what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to go fully back to the way we were in the offices 100% of the time. I think there's going to be this level of flexibility that will be there. Um, I've worked flexible from home at least a day a week since 2005. So for nice. 15 years, well before the pandemic and my productivity um, benefited because of it. I think we'll end up at this place of hybrid. And the reason I think we'll end up at that place of some type of flexibility, whether that's, you know, three or four days in the office and one day at home, I think because people enjoy having a little bit of freedom to do what they want to do when they need, want to do it. And if I can get out and, and schedule eight hours of meetings and I can do it in my pajamas and no one really knows, like who cares at the end yeah. of the day, if I'm getting my job done and, and likewise, you know, if I can go back into the office and connect with the people in there and have some collaboration and do some whiteboarding and schedule my week up that way for a few days of the week. In, and if I'm more efficient and effective at that, and I'm connecting with my team, well, well, why would you choose one over the other? Why wouldn't you just do both? And so I think that's that's the way it's going to work. I've heard of some big organizations that signed very long 20-year leases pre to the pandemic and they've forced their their team back in. <laughs> and it's not it's not gone down particularly well because they're saying it's five days a week, you're back in the office, you're back in full time. I think it's a little early to force people to do that in my opinion i mean we're, we're recording this at the end of march in 2022 um let's see if by the end of march in 2023 that's that's any different but um right now it just seems it's still a little premature to force people back into the office when we found a new way of working now, now we've kind of gone off topic a little bit but it is all to do with our way of working our, our communication style our the way of leading i think the the challenges for leadership just on what you've given as a response there are huge because managing expectations of the people you're hiring and if you believe and I, I I'm not I'm not a skeptic but I don't know enough around the that idea of a great resignation that people are now looking for flexibility or demanding flexibility in their work arrangements or leaving an employer to find that somewhere else that has significant impacts if, if you're wanting to keep good talented people and uh, any anyone that's looking on LinkedIn or looking at job search sites looking at the how jobs are presented now, hybrid, remote, considered flexible working conditions. The, the, there are more terms in there around flexibility for the applicant than I've ever seen before. And I think yeah. COVID has, has driven that home and um, to be doggedly expecting to have things look like what they look like pre-COVID, I think is, 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 wishing, is wishful thinking, but I don't run big corporates or small businesses, so I'm, I'm, I'm only giving a view, uh, an armchair's general view here. So, Jared, yeah. thank you for your time, my friend. I appreciate this. Yeah, look, pleasure. Um, if, if I could just go for a minute on that last thing that you've just mentioned. Sure. Uh, Mark, Mark McCrindle is a, is, a, is a researcher and is a demographer, and he publishes information, and he, he's running a session at the moment. Um, called it's not the great resignation it's called the great retention and I think you know we could talk about all the reasons that people are resigning you know one could be that I didn't have any control during COVID so therefore I'm now going to resign and go and take some control another could be that I I worked my butt off and I want to go and get paid paid in it my current employer don't want to pay me look there could be a whole bunch of different reasons behind the great resignation but 
an essential communic essential skill of a leader is not just communication in my mind it's understanding culture and with that mark mccrindle talks about the fact that it's the great retention opportunity and i'm a big believer in that so let's not look at the negative in terms of it's a great resignation people are leaving us ah the sky's falling <laughs> let's look at it as an opportunity to go well actually what is it going to be moving forward that for for our business that works what what's going to attract the right people retain the right people um in our organization um and i think that's on a unique business by business basis there is no perfect business because businesses are built up with people and there is no perfect person on this planet and so there is no one size fits all so in your organization how are you going to retain great talent how are you going to communicate that how are you going to lead your your people through it um, that's the opportunity um, and I think, you know, if I was to leave you with one thing today, it's have a conversation with your people about what makes the organization great if you don't already understand it. Uh, understand what their drivers are and then tie those things together. Here's what's great about our organization. Here's the way we're going. Here's what you want to do. Is there a way that we can make all these things happen, happen together? It doesn't need to be one or the other. Why can't you do all of them and bring your people with you so that they are enthused about their work their pay packet and what they're actually overall achieving outside of the organization you get those things in alignment tell me you're not going to win some exceptionally wise words there mr jared greats thank you for that mate appreciate your time thank you for chatting with me no you're most welcome and uh, and good luck on this journey to to you and uh, to anyone listening to this uh, right now and uh, i think communication is one of those things that um you, you learn by experience and you, you are learning each and every day. I don't think it's a, a journey that stops. Thank you, Jared. For those listening, this has been Talking Leadership. Thanks for following and we will catch everyone on the next podcast.